simple question, how clear is it that in the grand scheme of things, our family is a good family? Be careful how you answer that. Our world drastically changes when it is said and communicated. No, not really. This is why debates that range from of the elderly most often turn on money over family life and over people. Uh, it's ultimately uh, why our world regularly answers no when it takes God's attention as usual. Where or what justice is done? Our world answers no when it makes humans no different from creation, no distinction from any animal, just the simplest of some sort of random genetic lesson. Clearly, by definition, this is what our world offers us. How do humans as humans relate? I wonder, though, answering that question is the task of this psalm. I admit it took quite a bit of rereading and prayer to come to that conclusion. The most obvious thing, after all, Oh, it's not. 
a devotional reading, and I said this is something that we have to develop in in Israel. And to decide that we could say that our people are culturally and together yelling rather than just reciting. David himself is the author of this psalm. The king of Israel, his very life, gave us a, a, a snapshot and perfect example of that kind of thing. Let me make one note from the very start of this letter. And you see this throughout the psalm. Here, I'm pointed out now. Uh, most of your Bibles are doing something when it says, O Lord, Thou knowest. And what most of your Bibles are doing is that very first capital O Lord is all capital letters, and that's it. But the second time, only the first L is capitalized, and the rest are small. And I am sorry. Uh, the first time is because you're translating a Hebrew word that that's the personal name that God gave to Moses all the way back in Exodus. Uh, we'll talk more about that when we get to our passage today later this week. But for now, I just want you to know that using God's name is absolutely appropriate. Faith is not enough. He needs it. And that's what this call to action in this book, David is taking us to. Again, what's the first time? Every, every time it's all capital letters that you're translating that personal name. Uh, the second Lord, though, the one with just the big L, small, capital L-D, uh, that one's translating a different Hebrew name, which is why there's seven syllables. Uh, that's Adonai. That's uh, Lord in the sense of uh, Master or, or, or even Little Master. Uh, sometimes even the use of human human ruler to God, they just say, you know, like we might say majesty from an ape uh, king. And if you don't have that piece, David, worship the God of the universe. And yet he doesn't mean that in sort of the impersonal, unkind, coarse way that some people speak of today. No, he means the one true God. The God who is there. The God who is revealed to us who is we can see on this earth. Stars, the mountains, the, the untamed power of the ocean. I guarantee you the most amazing landscapes we have ever seen in life pale in comparison to the God who captures the whole thing. I remember years ago when my family and I were traveling through Switzerland for my wife and like someone was, you know, photoshopping the lake or, or something. It was that huge. And, and the waterfalls coming down off the mountains, it, it was jaw-droppingly beautiful and amazing. 
we have put all things under his feet, all trees of the garden, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the water. Yahweh Shammah. Because on one level, these words describe our, our, our calling and our humanity. As we pointed out at the beginning, this is humanity. Truly, humanity is unique in, in our world today, where so many struggle with who are we, why do we matter, what's our identity, why am I here, what are humans for? of social media, or by adopting some sort of attitude, and we try to make it all things to ourselves. And the one who has created us, the one who has given us gifts, tells us that we are unique. We were created with strength and purpose. Happiness and joy is not found in us choosing our own adventure, but in us embracing the adventure over God, but with our Savior, and according to His plan and will. The sad reality is that we fail, both for me and mine, and it highlights the difference between who we're truly created to be took on flesh isn't just some sort of a human choice, you see. It's not accidental that Christ became man. And it's not only so that we could better relate to him, important as that is, but rather Christ taking on flesh means that he has succeeded in every way that we are created. He has done the work on our behalf in our place. resulted in what is right before us. His work has secured the salvation of everyone who calls upon him, rich and poor, making all things equal, includes you and me. The author of Hebrews writes it this way, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, found in glory and honor because of the suffering of death so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for all. So as much as these verses describe something true for all of humanity, they crescendo, they point, there's a giant neon sign looking at one true Jesus, coming soon. He is the one that gives us life. He is the one that makes all things right. He restores us from our brokenness, rules over all things in Christ. And will we take our cues from His voice? Will we respond to His voice? Is He your voice? Is He your voice? Well, after 